Hello, it's the October 19th edition of Three Songs Podcast. This is Mike Hogan here with Mr. Bob Nastanovich. Hi, Bob. Hey, I'm Bob Nastanovich. I'm Bob Nastanovich, and I'm going to kick off this show on a beautiful Thursday night with a band from your city, the great New York City. This is the Raya Brass Band, 2013, off their album... The train is now. This is Locks and Latches.
That was cool. Yeah, available uh, for your parties if needed in hmm. the New York City area. Hmm. And this is a band. Actually, they have a bunch of new stuff out. They have a new album called Raya. I think I'm saying that right. It could be Raya. Raya. It's R-A-Y-A, Brass Band. They're a band. You know, I depend on, on a lot of people to turn me on to things. And my friend Tanya Small, who I've known since forever. I mean, she's actually the first woman who documented Silver Jews, a band I was in, right from the start. I've known her since she, you know, worked at Pure Platters Records in Hoboken, New Jersey, and um, she was in New York, and she said, I've got a couple of friends in this band. I think you might really like them. I'm going to see them tonight. And I checked them out, and then I ordered this, this record, The Train Is Now, and I love it. It's Balkan-inspired um brass music yeah like it's i cool. watched live videos of this band and it's just like chaos like, i can imagine like they they bring the house down and they play like they play quite frequently in the nyc metropolitan area and they do travel there's there actually aren't that many of them even that sounded like about 12 musicians i think there's about five or six of them hmm. in the active band <laughs> and hmm. uh i just i mean it, in order to start a show you always sort of Start us off with a real banger, a real fun, upbeat tune, and that's the best I could come up with this week, Mikey. What do you got? <laughs> no, that's good. You did good there, Bob. I like that. I'm going to have to check those guys out. Um, well, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to go with a song. You know, probably of all the songs we're going to play tonight, it's the song that most people would be familiar with if they know just one um, or certainly in terms of bands, this is the band that's probably the best known. It's, uh, it's a band called Squeeze, of course, new wave band out of the UK, late 70s, early 80s, best known for hits like Black Coffee in Bed and Tempted and Pulling Muscles and from the Shell. And so much more than that, too. Like, those three songs, I think, were so well known in the early days of MTV yeah. that yeah. they kind of took people away from the rest of this band's catalog and i'm happy that you're presenting one that is not as familiar as their big three which you just named right right and you know they're a band that maybe at the time i didn't really i enjoyed they were fine they were pleasant but i didn't really latch on to them for for whatever reason um but later in i don't know probably 10 12 years ago i i kind of rediscovered them and they are so much more than just those songs. The songwriting is amazing. You know, uh, Difford and Tilbrook, um, I think at the time, were kind of unfairly uh, praised as the next Lennon-McCarthy. Lennon-McCartney, rather. Um, yeah, this is some big shoes. It is big shoes, and, and, and it's I think that, unfair. Man, what's your, real quick, what, what's your... Uh, experience with MTV, like when did that become a part of your life? Oh, I was there from the beginning. I mean, I was probably 10, 11 were, when it launched. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you're about a fifth grader. I remember seeing it in ninth grade. And this would have been, Black Coffee in Bed would have been one of the first 10 videos I ever saw on MTV. Yeah. So we're talking about like a band that made a huge impact on the early days of MTV. Right. Even though they'd, they'd done a fair amount of great work beforehand. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, Tempted is, you know, it was a breakthrough hit, a huge, huge hit. And it's a, it's a 
you know, perfectly crafted song. And I think that's what's so good about Squeeze, in my opinion, is the songs are just really well done. And the one I'm going to play is called Up the Junction. Um, very, very well done. And it's a story song. I kind of, I've always been a bit of a sucker for story songs, you know, like uh, Bruce Springsteen, no. of course, writes a lot of story songs or uh, The Boys Are Back in Town you know, from Thin Lizzy, you know, it's like it tells a story. There's a beginning, middle, and an end to it. And, uh, you know, th- this isn't the cheeriest of story songs um, that, that's ever been written, but it's uh, it's one I've always loved, and it's just a super catchy song, and there's a key change in the middle. It's just a fun, fun tune that every time I, I play it, it, it makes me smile. So hit us up. All right, here we go. Up the Junction by Squeeze.
That's from their second album, Cool for Cats, from 1979. That's Squeeze, Up the Junction, fun little it's a tune. Band, it's a band that started in 74, not amazing, especially yeah. considering that this year they made a handful of appearances at British race courses. In fact, in the last three years, they've released two new albums. Yeah, you know, I know recently, I don't know how, how long ago it was, maybe it wasn't one of the ones in the last two two years, they, they don't own the rights to all those old songs, so they actually re-recorded them as faithfully as they possibly could to the original versions, just so that they would have versions where, where they actually owned the rights. Um, I did not, maybe I should have, I did not play the re-recorded version i played the one from 1979 no we're not going to be that careful we don't have to be that careful. <clears throat> no we don't but uh but yeah but they're, the, they're a they cool do. band they're they do and they have a reason to and you you know it probably much better than i do about not bands really, and rights but, um i don't know anything about licensing uh hold on keep talking I will. So the other thing I'll say is the nice, you know, I mean, because they weren't huge, you can find all their old records for, for pretty cheap in the in the vinyl bins. Uh, by all means, pick up Cool for Cats. Pick up Argy Bargy, which is another fantastic record. Uh, oh, yeah. And my joke, you know, they were on A&M. They were overshadowed, of course, by the police at the time. Uh, and my big, my joke, my horse, this is my horse racing related squeeze joke for you, Bob. And, and I'm only half joking, actually, is, is if squeeze were bigger in America, or if they were as big as they probably should have been, I mean, all, you know, tempted aside, but just the rest of their catalog were as big as they should have been. I think Zenyatta could have been named Argy Bargy. <laughs> She'd have been a sprinter. But, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Uh, um, that's all beside the point. It is. Uh, I think it, the one point about that story that you just told about Squeeze is that that young artists, regardless of if they think they've made great songs or not, should get themselves properly licensed so they don't have to go back 40 years later and re-record their stuff. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, it's, right. it's an amazing thing that like a band like Squeeze had to do something like that. Yep. Right. It's almost mind-blowing to me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, And yep. it's a tricky old game, and it's as, tr- as tricky a climate as it's ever been. For sure. And uh, For sure. I, I'm going I, I, to transition into – are you familiar with Talia Zedek? Oh, yeah. I yeah. love, I love uh, a lot of her stuff. Is she involved Uzi in this next song? and Live Skull and Come. Come and, yep. Yeah. Well, actually, you know how – even her solo stuff's good. I mentioned Tanya Small before, or like turning me on to Raya Brass Band. Talia Zedek is the is the reason why I'm playing the next artist because I happened upon her top ten list of I think two years ago, and included in it was uh, her fellow artist over at the Great Chicago label, Thrill Jockey, and it's a woman called called Haley Four, who's in a She's actually reinvented herself a couple of times in her brief career. And this this is going to be a song from 2015. Um, she's got an amazing voice. And she's a really, like, unusually original musician. She actually, her last record, she went into, like, a weird persona where she she was called herself Jackie Lynn and made this crazy kind of country-inspired 
um, techno-y type album. It's fantastic. It's called Jackie Lynn, I think. But this is uh, this is a song off of her first album. It's called In Plain Speech, and it's called Do the Dishes from 2015. There you go. Yeah. So, so it's it's, so, it's it's not over, Bob. We got another minute. Well, punch. I know, but we can talk during this. Okay. Bit. Okay. Yeah, now it comes back in, which is great. So Talia, it's gonna come back in. Mm-hmm. When I first bought her first seven inch, I didn't know whether to play it at thirty-three or forty-five because <laughs> it sounds amazing at thirty-three too, and forty-five. So, anyways, go ahead. Yeah. It, Reminds me a little of Laurie Anderson. So you know what it's I mean? Cool. Like it's yeah. a, she's a very interesting artist out there. It's 
I mean, obviously it's a song. It's a three minute plus song, but it's, it seems more, I mean, and this, that's the only thing I've, I've heard by her. And, and what's the name, what is the name she goes by on that recording? Most of her recordings, including her new stuff, is Circuit, Circuit, D-E-S-Y-E-U-X, Circuit D-U. Circuit D-U, okay. Um, Which I, I think means, boy, I'm bad at French. Hmm. Something like around my head, I don't even know. But uh, that's all. And the crazy thing about her is like, well, there's a lot of crazy things about her. I don't know her personally, but I can't really tell whether she's from Michigan or Indiana. I think she currently lives in Chicago and she hasn't ventured within six hours of my household (laughs) and and her sporadic tour schedule. And I, I would definitely drive three or four hours to see her play. And, like, you know, the drive to Chicago is six from here, you know. Yeah. So that's... A, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough one. Um, but, Ghosty. Uh, Ghosty would be up for it. He wants a road trip. Ghosty loves a road trip. He needs one as well. But yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, Haley for That's cool. That's cool. Check her out. Check her out and follow her, like. Uh, the first thing I bought, like, so you know when you get introduced to an artist and, like, you're like, hold on, like, this, you know, you get this amazing recommendation from somebody whose opinion you really trust, okay? Like, Talia Zedek, who, like, writes a paragraph about how brilliant this young woman is, okay? So I'm like, I gotta check this out. So I immediately go to the internet, try to figure out how to buy some, and I buy her first 7-inch, which is on a self-released on a her own label called Dull Knife, okay? And I get in the mail the 7-inch. There's a green piece of 7-inch vinyl inside with nothing written on it, with two songs. And I don't even know which song is which. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. And I don't even know what speed to play it at. Right. It, it plays amazingly on both sides at either speed. Sounds sounds like a record from another planet almost. Yeah, and I figured out that like the A side, I guess, is called Fruition Pop Marvelous. And it sounds great at either speed. And I'm happy I own one, but then I delved into that album in plain speech and then I bought Jackie Lynn and nothing but pure enjoyment and pure thumbs up for Circuit to You. Any way she wants to reinvent herself, really cool young artist. That's cool. Yeah, I, I like that. It's it's like ghost. Ghosty's going crazy there. Um, he's very fired up. He gets yeah. very. He's got a new toy, as I said. He's very yeah. fired up. Um, but yeah, she sounds. You know, that was a song, but it's it's very much almost more like about sound than song. If if you well, follow. the string arrangements are amazing. And it and and that's just one. And there's an amazing. There's a great video. Uh, she's, you know, her videos are definitely on, on YouTube. The two or three that she's made, and her videos are pretty unique. Yeah, pieces of film. I can imagine. And she, she definitely has her own. She's a brilliant player, and she knows what. I mean, she's got her own. It's cool. It's yeah. cool. So, so that's nice. all I'm gonna say. Nice. 
All right. Well, thanks. Thanks. I'll have to check her out for sure. You. So you're. You're. I like that you're bringing newer artists, and I like that you're bringing artists that I'm completely unfamiliar with. Which, actually, you know, anything within the last five years is probably pretty good chance that I'm not that familiar with it. But uh, uh, I've got some I homework. I had a void. I had a void myself between whew, like 2000 and 2008. I missed a whole lot of that. Yeah. And then. Especially in the last five to seven years, for whatever reason, the main reason is that I, I really enjoy playing records live. I'm not even like a DJ; I just play records live. And in order to do that, you've got to like, you can't just you got to stay current. Play, yeah. No, you, well, you got to mix in the current with the past constantly. Right. You know, you got to yeah. shuffle the deck sure. all the time. You got to go through all kinds of genres. At least that's the way I think of it. Like, you can't just people who I DJ with who haven't DJed very often say, "So, what should I play?" And they show up and they want to play. They want to theme it and they want to play like all '60s garage rock. And like, mm-hmm. you can do that and you can do that really well. Okay, and most of them do, or like whatever that they choose, like punk or whatever. You know their favorite kind of punk or their favorite kind of classic rock or their songs they liked when they were 16 or songs they like now. I think I always think the best way to do is like just to bounce all over the place. And of course, I think that, you know, obviously I've done that on the, this podcast, but <laughs> for sure, for sure. As, yeah. as long as, you know, I mean the, the thread has to be the quality or the thread has to be that it's something that you personally stand behind and feel passionate about. So, Oh Yeah. All right. Well, it's all about the mix, man. It's all about the mix. Let's um, let's bring let's bring the tempo a little back up. Um, you gonna play some MC Light? <laughs> a little MC Light. You 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 know <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, but I'm gonna actually I'm gonna go to we. It's been a while since we've played anything on the show uh, from New Zealand, and I think it's time to rectify that. I'm gonna go back down to New Zealand. Go back to the '80s. '80s New Zealand is. Uh, you know. So, for lack of a better way of putting it, Mikey, you're gonna you're gonna go to your trump card. I guess, I guess, um, or the whole the, the ace in the hole. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that better. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and but this is a, a more obscure New Zealand band. Uh, they were on the Flying Nun label, as were many of the bands from the time. Um, all women, and uh, they're called Look Blue Go Purple. Um, this is from their, they, they never released a full LP when they were a band, but they released three EPs. This is from the last of them. Uh, this came out in 1988. It's the first track on it. It's called, I don't want you anyway. Beautiful.
look blue, go purple. I don't want you anyway. Okay, well, I know I personally know two two members of that band. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, got, yeah, you got me beat really well. Yeah, which which ones? Well, Denise, 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 who, Denise Rowan. She's who, by far right. the best, or at least the one that had the most success afterwards with the three Ds. Well, who blew pavement off the stage at least twenty times out of the <laughs> twenty-five times they played with us around the world. Sure, they fantastic, were fantastic, fantastic yeah. woman, and look blue, look blue, go purple, fantastic, and three Ds, mesmerizing, powerful rock band, three piece, yeah. and Leslie Paris. On my ventures to New Zealand, was a huge part of the uh, Flying Nun label. She was nice. You know, what a, they're so cool, such great ladies. Yeah. They, you know, they're one of those bands, when people talk about New Zealand, you know, and the Flying Nun label, <clears throat> they don't often mention, or at least it's not the first band they mentioned, you know, the Look Blue Go Purple. And I think part of that is because they never released an album in their time. They released those three EPs. Of course, they've been reissued. They're impossibly hard to find unless you want to pay like a hundred bucks each for the originals. Um, but uh, you know, they're just a good pop band. You know, that's like a good, and it's a it's a good biting pop song. It's a good kiss off song. We played a few of those on the show. Well, they were a Dunedin band, which is arguably the rock and roll capital of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is just a it's a college town. I mean, it's a small town. It's just like. The Athens, Georgia, or the the Athens, Georgia of New Zealand. Okay, or like, what do you think of it as the best college town in the history of American underground rock? Hmm. Boy, you're putting me on the spot, man. Um, well, Athens and sure. definitely Athens, Athens, uh, Austin, Austin, right before it became a major city. Yeah, um, you know, I'm like thinking. But at, um. It's yeah, beside the point. I don't but know. Like, it, essentially, Dunedin is this magical place where when I think the, I think I played there three times with Pavement, and it was very intimidating to sit sit backstage and be surrounded by like fifty people. Twenty five of them were in bands that you loved. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's sure. just like, hold on, like this is a little heavy here yeah. now. That's cool. So I, I used to walk around and hug people, and and a lot of them were pretty frank. A lot of them were like, "You guys are awful," you know, which is. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they probably had pretty high standards because every every band in town was like known internationally. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the Dead Sea or a. Dead Sea spinoff the night before we played. And I was like, how the hell are we going to play this town after that? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That, wow. But yeah. anyways, I'm going to go, I'm going to go into, I'm going to take us to a different, a little bit of a different place, Mike. Do it. I'm going to take us to some rock and roll history because I'm going to play a, a song by Pierre Henry, who's a, who died this year, uh, mm. largely unrecognized. He died at the age of 89. Uh, French guy. He's born in 1927, and he's one of the pioneers of electronic music. He was latched on to making weird synthesizer music and weird electronic music in the 50s. Mm. Perhaps even before that, in 
in the 40s, okay? And this is from 1967, and it's from an album that I can't properly pronounce, so I'm not even going to bother with it. <laughs> and uh, it's actually from the musique concrete genre of electronic sure. music. Yeah. But uh, the song before it on this record is Psych Rock, which is actually his biggest stamp. But it just shows the extent of this guy, like, inventing. And uh, this is his song, Jericho Jerk, from That's groovy. Yeah. <laughs> I like 67. that. 67. So I know that, that Tim Gain from Stereo Lab turned me on to that. Okay. Not surprising. Not surprising at all. I could see I could see Stereo Lab being very influenced by that. Yeah, and, and Malcolm was just like, yeah, I've listened to that. But um, <laughs> cause, cause we're talking about people that we're ahead of my time, even though it's standing alongside of them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I, I, it, it, it's a, I only own the one record and it's a good record to own. It was a, a record release on the Phillips label back before they, I get around the same time they were making television sets and sure. speakers and that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. They put out a bunch of records. 
Yeah. Blue, original Blue Cheer records, and uh, I think I've got a few on the Phillips label. Oh, and, rest in peace, Pierre-Henri, and, and bless you as, as you live through your 89 years of brilliance. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. That was very And cool. his influence. I mean, think about his influence. Like, yeah. we're talking about a 40s, 50s, 60s musician. Right. You know, who kept on playing music till the very end. Right. And, like, uh, an inventor right. on the Three Songs pod. And innovating, too. Um, Hell yeah. You know, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, you know, those early experimental, um, you know, electronic musicians like Raymond Scott and... Um, you know, Perry and Kingsley, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to play some of those. It's, it's kind of inspired me to, to maybe dip into the, some of that stuff for later, later future episodes. So cool. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got? Well, I'm going to end it with, uh, this is a band that's no longer around. This is the most recent of my, so you've been, you've been, you, you jumped all around through the decades. Um, I I was in the 70s and 80s. I'm I'm going to jump up to 2006, my most recent song of the evening. And we're going to end with that. It's by a band called The Deadly Snakes. And they put out four records. This was their final record. It was a double LP on In the Red Records. Their earlier stuff is a bit of uh it's kind of more garage, which is why they're on or we're on in in the red. Um and then this double LP was was a little more ambitious and kind of all over the place. The, the album was called Porcella or Porcella. And where, um, where, where are Dirty Snakes from? I think they were Canadian. Um, I'm not sure exactly. You, te- you tend to venture north into Canada. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. You know. Called Beef. Now, now and then. Well, but, yeah. I, I don't know if Beef, I think Beef was from like upstate New York. I don't think they were Canadian. Could be wrong. I think they were from Albany, New York. I think that... Upstate New York is slowly venturing it's, into Canada in this day's history. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's almost Canada. But, uh, but yeah, this is the Deadly Snakes. It's getting there fast. Getting that's, there fast. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, well, Scurrying well. across the border. Scurrying. <laughs> All right. Well, dead, Deadly Snakes. The Snakes. Gore Vale is the name of this one. If I go Vale in my mind. Ba ba da ba 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 da ba ba. 
deadly snakes. Gourmet. Well, I like by garage rock with a dose of trumpet and, and flutes. Yeah, sure. Were those flutes or organs? I think they were flutes. I think so. I don't know. But that's a fun little song. It's oh, yeah. Not the uh, not the cheeriest of subjects, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's catchy nonetheless. In <laughs> yeah. um, a fun fact, uh, lead singer of that band, um, his name's Andre Ethier. Not to be confused oh. with the Andre <laughs> Ethier who plays the outfield for the Dodgers, but uh, um, yeah. Fun little band. Broke up right after that record, unfortunately. But uh, but check it out. That's that's a really good... And you can find it on vinyl, double LP. Uh, Porcella is the name of that LP. Well, you're a unique individual. I am? Well, yeah, thank, you're thank a you, unique Pop. individual. You too. Thank you. Because Lord knows I would never have heard the Deadly Snakes if it wasn't for you. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I was trying to think throughout the course of that song... What were your other forays into Canada? I couldn't come up with any. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're um, you're accusing me of. Oh no, uh, I did. I did. I, I Melnick lives in Canada. Luba River Melnick. You were the one. Lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I, you know, I've got to stop doing that. I've got to stop um, saying that the other guy did something that I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, do you have no siblings? Self, as they say. Self. <laughs> Like you're you're blaming you're blaming someone else for something you did. So it sounds like uh, sounds like you well, might have learned okay. that from a sibling. Within the context of this show, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's I, I'm going to try to keep that on three songs pod only, Mike. That that's fair, Bob. That's fair. It's got to be you or me, right? Yeah, Nobody else to blame. Yeah, see, Mr. Yeah. Ghost, maybe. Yeah. See you next time. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. It's another fun one. Thanks everybody for listening. I'm Mike Hogan. That's Bob Nastanovich. Yeah, we're at Three Songs Pod, at Bina Stanovich, at, at M. Hogan Says. That's right. At yeah, all of that. Get, get in touch with us. And I I, I think we went correction-free from the last show. But go ahead. like, <laughs> And again, keep the, whatever you want to tell us what to do. We'll, we'll think about it. Yeah, for sure. This was episode 15. This was a fun one, as always. Thank you, Bob. And thanks see, for listening. See you in a few days before I head to Del Mar. All right.